Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 24 of View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm well, man. Nice, nice. Things are... Short yeah, and sweet, right, things nice, are cool. Nice, simple so... response. Doesn't have to be, you know, really drawn out every week. <laughs> Um, especially because we are about to catch up with each other and talk about what is new in our lives and exciting in our award-winning opening segment, Dave, the five stars. Uh, today we're watching episode 24 of Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. It's called, ah, it's all over. But before we get into that, the aforementioned five stars, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So our first story of the week, Matt, is Beth and I just got back from an annual cabin trip, cabin palooza, that we we have gone to. This is the second year we've done it. Not to be confused with our annual con, which is an effectively identical event, just with like two different groups of people. Yes. And yeah, so we just got back from it this afternoon. It was a ton of fun. We had a great time. It's a actually... We shout out to uh, our just our really good friends, Bill and Jen and Tim and Jenny. They We weren't going to be able to go to the cabin this year. They made it possible for us to go to the cabin. Uh, it was very cool of them wow. to do that. Yeah, yeah, it was like, they were like, hey, for Christmas, this is what we want to do. And uh, it was just super cool. It was very heartwarming that they did that for us. And uh, we really appreciated it. So those, we had those, uh, are, those are some good folks. I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't able to make it this year. I, I did go last year, and I know it's always a fun time. Um, I, I assume it was sort of a similar activities to the previous year. Yeah, it was pretty much just board games top to bottom. Nice. Is, was, was the, what was happened. So we actually did play two new board. Well, we did a good thing this year and we created achievements. Like we had Chivos for the cabin. Nice, nice. And, uh, so, <laughs> so we had a couple of master achievements and the primary master achievement was nobody pukes. Nobody pukes. Nobody drank too much, and we unlocked that achievement. Nice. Everybody oh, felt dude, very good great. about it. That is a good one to yeah. achieve. Yeah. Well, we're all in our mid-30s now, so we feel like we can probably... So, yeah, that went well. But we did play two just fantastic new games, which I had never played before. And the first one was called Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. I, I'm into that and already. And I know, right? So here's the deal with this game. You can play it with, you know, it's like a four to six player game. And one of the players is the forensic scientist, okay? Mm -hmm. And one of the players is the murderer. Okay. Okay. Uh, But everybody is... So this is a sort of like a lie to your friends style of game. But here's here's the gym jam on this game. Everybody has in front of them means of death, right? Okay. Everybody has in front of them means of death and pieces of key evidence, Right. All right. And so so everybody closes their eyes. And then so the forensic scientist is the sort of like game runner. And so the forensic scientist is like, all right, everybody close your eyes. 
And then the murderer opens their eyes and they choose a means of death. Everybody has four means of death and four pieces of evidence in front of them. So if you're playing with five players, like there are four people and then one forensic scientist. And so each each of those four players has four pieces of evidence and four means of death, right? So a total of 16 of each. Okay. With me so far? Gotcha. So then the murderer opens their eyes and they indicate silently to the forensic scientist the means of death and the piece of key evidence. And then they close their eyes and everybody opens their eyes. And then the forensic scientist has like placards with different like clues on them and and like styles of evidence. And they are marking pieces of, they can't say anything, but they are marking pieces of evidence trying to lead the rest of the team to guess the correct piece of evidence and means of death. Okay, but so the murderer is there, so the game... and they're trying to mislead everybody. Okay. So like, so it's like werewolf, but fun. I was gonna say it sounds like werewolf or mafia, except that with werewolf and mafia, like it's like there's no game to that game except lying to your friends. Right. This is like that. But you're like play like it's a legit sort of clue style game. Uh, it's just it's really really cool. So you know like a placard might say like state of the body, and it'll be like cold, warm, bloody, like whatever. And if the cause of death was like dismemberment, you might be like, oh, the corpse was bloody. And then and then we as the detectives are like, oh, okay, like the corpse was bloody. So it probably wasn't like a lethal injection or whatever. Okay. And then you're just trying to, It's it was a super, super fun game. Uh, I definitely, definitely recommend it. And then the next game we played was some next level. Uh, it was super cool. It's called Captain Sonar. That I and Captain again. This is a game that has me uh, captivated just from the title. Yeah. So the deal with Captain Sonar is it's it's grown up cooperative battleship. Okay. Basically, you've got two teams of four, and each team is the crew of a submarine, and the submarines are hunting each other on this map. Nice. But you don't know where the you don't know where your opponents are, right? So you've got each, right, so each team has a captain who is, like, calling out orders, a first mate who is, like, monitoring and readying different systems, because you have, like, sonar systems that you can use to try and, like, get an idea as to where your opponent is, and then you've got weapon systems, because you've got mines and torpedoes, because you're trying to blow up the enemy, and then you've got, like, stealth systems, so you can, like, run silent, like Red October, you can run silent and, like, get away. And then you've got an engineer because, like, every move you make disables a part of a system. So the engineer is the person who is, like, managing what is, like, going on with the sub. And, like, oh, no, like, no, you can't fire that torpedo because, like, our weapon systems are down. And you have to, like, do this other thing so that I can then, like, get our weapon systems back up. And then the fourth person is the radio operator because both players have an identical, like both sides have an identical map, right? Uh And then you are calling, the captain is calling out audibly which direction they're going. 
And there are some rules about how you can move. You can't like double back on yourself and stuff. And so what the radio operator is doing is like looking at the map and taking the directions that they know the enemy sub is moving and effectively trying to like triangulate where the heck the other sub is so that the captain can like get called your sub over to like blow them up with torpedoes. Oh, wow. It's it's, dude, it's amazing. And then, okay, so we were playing the Baby Pants version of this game, which is like a t- uh, turn-based version. But apparently, like, once everybody sort of, like, gets their stuff together, you're supposed to play it in real time, which is basically just, like, everybody's calling stuff out at, at once. Oh, God. And so, like, everything gets, like, way more frantic and hectic. It's, um, yeah, man, it just sounds so awesome. I'm, I'm like, super excited to at some point play play the live version of this game. That sounds really so, exciting. I remember there was a yes. game that we played a few years ago at the con that was similar. Oh, it's like a space version. Yeah, it's like Omega something, Omega Protocol or something no, like that. No, dude. That I, was also a really cool game. I was going to say, game. no, Omega Protocol or something similar is an old, old, old board game um, that has like a soundtrack to it. You know the one. Omega Virus. That's what oh, I'm yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, that is a totally no, different game. No, this was game. called but like Space Crew or something. And it was the same sort of thing where like everyone has a dis- like a discrete job and you have to like go through like 10 levels of tutorial before you actually learn how to play the game for real. Um, those games yeah, are like... Yeah, it's, it's sort of like that, yeah. but... So, yeah, that's what we did uh, with the cabin. It was a ton of fun. Uh, it was a great, great time. So what, Matt, is our second star of the week? Our second star of the week is that it was 75 degrees on Saturday in February. Yeah, yeah, man, we don't normally make the weather a star, but that was bananas. Yeah, like normally if it's been a particularly nice day, when you know, when we start the episode, we'll say like, oh, yeah, it's been very nice here in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, but this was significant enough that we decided to throw it down in the stars because my dude, like on Friday, I'm sorry, not Saturday. So on Friday, um, I got out of work. It was 75 degrees and sunny. And so instead of going home, I just sort of like went into town and just like hung out and like sat on various patios, <laughs> like in a t-shirt. You're just like, like wandering around downtown Cleveland. Cause like, it was like February 20, I don't know, 4th or something. And it was 75 degrees. I'm like, I cannot go home. Like, I cannot in good conscience Yeah, no, you're just home. not. You're not allowed, man. I was, like, driving down to the cabin on Friday evening or afternoon. And it was, yeah, like, the windows down, like, sunglasses, just, like, chilling out. It was ridiculous. It's cold now. Yeah. It's colder now. It snowed today. Yeah. Which is, as much as I love the 75 degrees, I was like, okay, good. It snowed. That at least... At least the planet isn't, like, totally boned. Right, right, right. But it's just sort of, like, fluctuating in and out. But, like, dude, I went to a kickball game on Friday. Like, that is what I did in, um, in February. <laughs> um, yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about it. It was just amazing. Yeah. Was like, so, that's, oh, man, that, it was when, so good. When thinking of, like, the most significant things in my week, like, that's up there. So that's what you get this week. Nice weather. <laughs> Um, so what, Matt, is our third star of the week? Speaking of significant things to me this week, this week I realized, and I was mentioning it on Twitter for any of those who uh, follow us there, uh, at Super Sentai Bros, uh, Gundam Wing is on Hulu now. And yes. dude, like Gundam Wing, like back when I was in high school, was my jam. Now, okay, now have you watched any of it? Uh, I watched the first, like, five episodes last night. 
Oh, okay. Right on. Uh, I mean, they're short. They're like 20-minute episodes, but like... Yeah. Um, dudes, God of Wings, great. Like, okay, listen. It's so, Okay, so it holds up. It's so astonishingly like um, like overly emotional and melodramatic that maybe the only way you can enjoy it is if you are either in high school or if you were in high school the first time you watched it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's that certain level of, like, overwrought emotion that just, like... Like, I wouldn't be able to tie into it as, like, a 32-year-old now, but since I can, like, hearken back to the first time I watched it, like, it's still Right, it's cool. like, guys, can we please just... Yeah, exactly. Um, but, the, um... but it's got the best giant robots. It's got cool giant robots and emotional teens, and it's amazing. Dude, I did, actually, when you said that, because you mentioned it on our email chain, I went back and I watched a couple of the... Like, just some clips of, like, Gundam Heavy Arms, like... That move that Gundam Heavy Arms does where he, like, lands and then he, like, whips both of his arms down. He's got, like, two giant Gatling cannons per hand and he's just, like, yeah. Yeah, and, and then, then his Gundam chest opens Death up Sight, and his chest also has guns in it. Just rockets. Oh, man. Yeah, no, that's real good stuff. Um, it's. Okay. I don't know if I'm not going to watch it again. I already. I have too many shows, right. man. I have too many shows. I can't watch them all. But Dave, Duo but... Maxwell is in this show. That's your dude. Yeah, Duo Maxwell was my guy. That actually, okay. So, fun fact: when I was in college, I had really long hair, like very and long I started hair, like long, like than very long. You, the listener, think that he means. Yeah, like I could sit on my hair. So, I don't know where that phrase comes from, but it's true. I could sit on my hair as long enough, and I started growing it out in high school. And I just, I was like, well, I don't, you know, who knows how? Like, listen, guys, I think. We're pretty nerdy. We do a Super Sentai podcast. That's a true thing. Yeah. Uh, Matt and I, I think both have like leveled up real hard in terms of our like personal, like, I just feel like I make better style decisions now than I did in high school. Oh, sure. Absolutely. We have 100% yeah. upped our game. Yeah, we'll just way up my game on that regard. But anyways, so we were, I was in high school and I was just like, well, I don't know. I'm growing my hair out, I guess. I wanted to have long hair. I thought it would be cool. Uh, and for a certain degree of cool, it was cool. And I was like, well, how long am I going to grow my hair out? Like how, you know, how long is long enough, right? And we were watching Gundam Wing and I saw Duo Maxwell and he had that sick braid. And I was just like, that, that's rad. Like a dude with like a long, like, I don't know why, it's because it was anime and I was in high school and Gundam Wing is a pretty great show. So it's like, that's it. Like, that's the goal I've decided is just to have like a really long braid. Like, that's a cool thing that I've decided I will do. And I and I went to, and I did it. I did it. Like in college, I wore my hair in like one long braid. And again, long. And uh, <laughs> it, now this is helped by the fact that I actually have very nice hair. Yeah. It's, it's, like I can't take any credit hair. for so that. So when you put it in that braid, like it worked. Yeah. Like it was an okay, it wasn't the best look, but it's not as bad as it could have been. I'll say that much. But uh, I was in, I was in a frat, not like they were nice guys. And uh, so it was in a frat and everybody in the frat had nicknames and our buddy James Conley, who sort of like sponsored me, I guess. 
decided my nickname, he knew that it was a character from Gundam Wing as to why I grown my hair out, but he couldn't remember the right character. And then he just thought it would be funnier to give me the nickname of the wrong character. So I did go through a number of years of college with the nickname Yui, which is a diff- just a totally different dude, but also from Gundam Wing. So that's my long story about <laughs> Gundam Wing. Anyway, guys, watch Gundam Wing. It's great. Um, really, half the reason I wanted to make this a star this week was just to prime Dave up for that story, because I don't think we'd ever talked about it on the <laughs> show before. It's, uh, it's a good story, yeah. I think. Okay, Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? Our fourth star of the week, Matt, it was we did go see John Wick 2. And boy, that is a good movie. It's such a good movie. And he, okay, so uh, it's John Wick is like, and I, I just saw somebody, I saw, I'm stealing this, I can't remember from who on the internet, probably cracked, uh, that, <laughs> that John Wick is a blank-eyed murder savant. Like that is his... <laughs> That's what he yeah. does. And Keanu Keanu Reeves is great at playing blank-eyed anything, really, is his real forte. And so, but he is a he is just a blank-eyed murder savant. And it's a fantastic action movie. But the thing that I really dig about John Wick that that sets it apart is that it's a great movie that is also a great action movie. And I think that, I mean, those are just the best action movies. Like Mad Max Fury Road was a great movie that is also a great action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think what and really the cool- set John Wick apart that I really wasn't expecting, because prior to seeing John Wick 2, like we saw John Wick 2 on Monday. On yes. Sunday was the first time I'd ever seen John Wick. And so yeah. like on Tuesday, first of all, I was like inconsolable because there was not a John Wick 3 for me to go see. Um, I'm still a little bummed out about it. Because, like, that that is just sort of what my week had been so far. Like, every new day that week, I had watched a new John Wick movie. Um, right. So that sort of fell apart and was not cool. But what I did not realize about those movies was just how, like, deep and cool, like, the world building to it is. Yeah, they create this whole, like, crazy mythology of, like, this bizarre, like, underworld that exists and like the organizations that are like a part of and support it and like organized crime. There's like a world council of organized crime that like exists. But but the best part about it is that like the movies are built with an understanding that like a, all of these things exist, but B that, like, somehow that you, the audience, would, like, already know what they are. And so they just, like, they just drop these things in there, and they never explain them. Yeah, there's they never just a moment sort of like someone turns to someone else and says, well, as you know, John Wick, there is a council of high, you know, blah, 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 that all rules over X, Y, and Z. Like, that never happens. It's just, like, introduced into the story in a very sort of seamless way, and you are sort of... It's just good, like, it's good storytelling is what it is. Yeah, and you're just left to fill in the back. And I was reading an interview with uh, Keanu Reeves, and I always feel bad because I can't remember the director's name because he's not famous. But whoever the director is, and he's great, talking about if they get a chance to do John Wick 3, which, like, let's be real, they probably will at this point, that one of his big goals is to, like, dive deeper into 
the like legendary and mythology and like world building of like the John Wick inverse. Oh, dude, you know I want that. Yeah, so it's just like man, it or it's doing very well. It doesn't certainly need like that Super Sentai Brothers boost, but like, guy, do yourself a favor. It's just it was a heck of a movie. Totally worth watching. Absolutely. So, Dave, what then is our fifth and final star of the week? Okay, so this <laughs> this is vaguely related to Keanu Reeves because Keanu Reeves was in Much Ado About Nothing. He was not good in it. Very not good. But we are doing, I've mentioned before, we're doing Much Ado About Nothing as the play this year. And, you know, it's Shakespeare. I love Shakespeare. He is super funny. He's fantastic. But he can be, like, the language is difficult to work with. And I recognize sure. that. And it can be hard to memorize. So I thought, I was like, well, I've got this audio equipment. And it's if you can listen to something, it's so much easier to memorize, right? So it's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring the mic in. I'll bring it into class, like into rehearsal. And I have the kids sit around and we will just read the script out loud. So that instead of whatever terrible music they would normally listen to in their free time, they can just be listening to the script. And this will help them like memorize it and sort of get it locked in. Okay, that's a cool idea. It's Yeah, so it seems to be working fairly well so far, actually. Here is something that I have discovered about myself that I did not know, Matt, is that a couple of years of doing this podcast has made me like real tweaky about certain like audio elements. Oh, really? And I, <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm like, the kids are recording and I'm watching like, you know, I'm watching the audio being created. And I'm just like, guys, you got to speak up. Oh, this sound, this, this room is terrible. It sounds like really tinny. Uh, is there anything we can do to like, you know, block some of this noise off? And like you, you've got to get closer to the mic and stop like modulating your voice like up and down as far in terms of volume so much. <laughs> it's just like I'm trying to get like some good, clean audio of these kids. And I can't do it because I'm like just recording in a classroom. <laughs> but I didn't realize the uh, the changes that that this podcast hath wrought on on me in that regard. That is hilarious. But, yeah, but we're the show's a month away. I'm super excited about it. I just found That's out from my technical man. director. It is. I did find out from my technical director that they're not going to be able to start building my set till like two weeks before the show. So I'm trying real hard seem... not to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just doing my level best to not think about that because I'll die. Because that's not a lot we, of time. And we can't we can't have that to build a set. We can't have you dying on us. No. Yeah, that would be a real shame for everyone involved. If for no other reason, we're only halfway through Kaka Ranger. I know we actually are almost halfway through Kaka Ranger, which is freaking crazy. Yeah, I but... think like maybe next week is the actual like midpoint. No, week after that. Yeah, I think there are fifty two episodes in Kaka Ranger. Yeah, it's crazy. There, there is also, I don't know if we've mentioned this, there's a Cocker Ranger movie that's just like an extended episode, the same way that Die Ranger had a movie. Um, I was going to say, there's one of those for like basically every season, isn't there? Once they started doing them, there's been one every season, but I don't remember okay. when the first one was. In any case, um, we don't have that on the DVDs because there's like a weird like licensing thing where Shout Factory got the rights to the episodes, but not the movies. Oh, that's odd. Um, so I don't Whatever. know. Maybe maybe we can sort of scare it up at some point and watch it as a bonus episode. That, that's a thought. We could do that. Maybe at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, give it a shot. Because I think we've already watched past the point in continuity where it would sit. 
Oh, no way. Right on. Well, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But speaking of Conky Ranger, Matt. And the episodes that we can watch. Yeah, we're going to watch episode 24. Ah, it's all over. Um, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 24 of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger and my dude's Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Um, dude, things are getting real. Dude, it things are getting Oh man. We, we've got to stop saying it cuz I feel like we say it every week, but I like I feel like again this show has turned a corner. It has turned a lot of corners. Uh but this was a great episode. Dude, a whole bunch. This is Okay. This is going to I hope this isn't crazy. I am, with this episode, now I am starting to feel like, okay, man, Conquer Ranger might be, like, it might be as good as, like, Die Ranger, Jetman, like, it, like, I again, we keep saying it, but, like, dude, this episode is really cool yeah it's like it's really crazy cool like Kaku Ranger, i think realized that it's like had been sort of farting around for the first while and had not because like listen at the end of this season we're gonna sit down and decide which is the best of the three seasons that we've watched so far i feel like Kaku right. Ranger just realized that and was like oh we need to like start to try to make up some lost ground here yes so, let's get into it. So, this episode starts exactly where the last episode ended, which, if you will recall, was a bad place for our heroes. Yeah, things were going really poorly. So, this episode picks up directly from... Like, there's no break between last episode and this episode. And the end of last episode was really intense. Like, things were not going well f at the end of last episode for the Rangers. What had happened... They had fought the monster, Umibozu, who was that, like, naval sort of, like, water monster. Mm -hmm. And it it was the first monster that had ever managed to stand up to Muteki Shogun. And at the very end, the new giant robot, Supasamaru, who is the giant white bird, who is also the white falcon sword, Matt, you said? Yes. Yeah, so if you know what the white falcon sword is, that's Supasamaru, had, like, merged with Muteki Shogun, and they had defeated Umibozu. But the reason that Umibozu was doing this whole thing is that the yokai effort is like really ramping up. So Young Noble Jr. had made like a skull fortress on top of a skyscraper and Umibozu had like turned a bunch of kids into statues to turn their souls into power to summon Daimau, who is like the king of all Young Noble Sr. He's the king of all the yokai. And then, like, they defeated Umibozu with the help of Subasamaru and Uteki Shogun. But then Young Noble Jr. showed up and was just like, don't care, and ultra-blasted them. And Uteki Shogun disappeared, and then the rangers are, like, un unhanged. Like, things are going really poorly. This is not good. Yeah, and so as we pick up, like, Young Noble Jr., who they're going to start calling by his yokai name, which is uh, Goshidokuru, I think, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I am probably going to continue to call him Young Noble Jr. I am 100% going to do that. Um, just sort of so you know going forward. So he is in his, like, yokai form, standing on top of, like, a parking garage, menacing the rangers. And the rangers are, like, sort of beaten up, but they are ready to go back into the fight. And as they start to move forward towards him, Sandayu, who, if you recall, is 
there after having been away for like 20 episodes. Um, so it's yeah. like, oh, you guys probably don't want to do that right now. Because right, right. now, Young Noble Jr. is getting like like supercharged by the yokai energy from Daimo. And if you try to attack him now, you're almost certainly going to lose. Yeah, like you are not prepped for like this level of power. And the Rangers are like, no, we have to. Like, we, we need to protect these kids. We need to protect everyone. Yeah, like, like we're the this is what we do. This is our job. We are supposed to do this. Right. Like, surely, if we all work together and we fight together, like, we will be able to defeat Young Noble Jr. Like, we've got, like, we've got our dander up. Like, we have been working as a team and we are, like, ready to crush it, coach. And Sunday, he was just like, no, guys, like, I love where your head's at and I love your spirit, but you 100% cannot beat this dude right now. And so they're they just like, yeah, they no, we're doing him. it. And <laughs> they run off, and there's a great moment from Sandahu where he's looking after him. He's just like, You dumb idiot kids. I love your heart, though. <laughs> like, he's like, You guys are going to lose, but I like that. Like, you can tell that he digs how committed they are. Right. He's proud which of is them. It's a cool moment. He thinks they're stupid, but he's proud of them. Yeah. Well, that's like the, your whole. That's basically the life of a teacher, Matt. It's just like, You guys are all. You guys are all idiots, but I love you. That's not actually totally true. I actually have some really, like some really, I've had the privilege to teach some really smart kids. Dude, this is crazy. Sorry. I'm just bragging for a second here. Uh One of my parents, that that, one of my parents, one of my kid parents came up to me at a, at a school event and they were like, Hey, uh, I just wanted to, like I saw you over there. I just wanted to thank you. Like, because of your class, like, we just got this, our, my kids' SAT results back, and this kid scored a 1550 on their SATs. Wow. Which, yeah, which, like, if you're not in America, is, like, 50 points off of a perfect score, which is very rare and super, super cool. And I was just like, dang, man, that's awesome. So I was super stoked about that. So I made some jokes about kids being dumb, but I actually have great kids. So, uh, Sunday, you does not have great kids. His kids are all heart and uh, have, are not thinking about what they're doing. So, they run off and they go to confront um, Young Noble Jr. Young Noble Jr. YNJ. Says, like, listen, uh, that's cool, but first you're going to have to fight these dudes. And just sort of, like, waves his hand and summons the flowery Kuchuimigumi. Kunoichigumi. Did I, didn't I say it right? You did not. <sighs> One of these days, Dave. One of these days, I'm going to say it right. <laughs> and it's a dude. First of all, it's a great fight. There's like a ton of cool elements. And we get a look at some of the special ranger weapons that we have not seen before. Uh, we see Jiraiya has the black bow, which is like an arm-mounted crossbow, kind of. Yeah, this is okay. This fight is great because what happens is... Um, uh, they also pair off, right? So one of the Kakarangers is going to fight one of the... Dave? Kuno. Kunoichigumi. Kunoichigumi. There you go. You got it. And so they all square off, like, one-on-one against each other. We get, like, all of these little sort of mini fights. So um, Seikai, he pulls out the Yellow Claw, which is Sumi 4, and, like, he grabs yeah. uh, whichever one he is fighting by, like, this grappling rope, and is throwing her around. Jiraiya gets into this fight and he pulls out the black bow. But what's really great about the fight that Jiraiya is doing is like somehow they have moved away from where everyone else is fighting and they're fighting in this mist filled alleyway. It's awesome. 
Yeah, it's a cool moment. I do feel like Saizo gets a little bit screwed because his special weapon is the blue jet, and it's just like an arm-mounted super soaker. It's, like he's yeah, just it's spraying a them with. But what's funny it's about kind of it lame. is if do you remember a few episodes ago when they were fighting the the monkey guy, and when Saizo shows up in the very beginning of the episode, he sort of like sticks out his finger and squirts water at those kids. Yeah, 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 that's right. I was reminded of that in this. Like, oh, this is just like the powered up version of that little like prank thing that he had. But like, listen, is it kind of lame that his super weapon is a squirt gun? Yes, but it does like this. The stream on that thing is so powerful that like it picks up his enemy and throws her against the wall. So it's okay. Yeah, okay. So as far as squirt guns go, it's pretty rad. We see Tsuruhime. Uh, the only one we don't see is Sa- we see Sasuke and he fights. He doesn't do anything new. Well, he, he does, does like the same sort of technique. like. Yeah, but he's, like, better at it, I guess. This is totally rad. Uh, Surahime is fighting, and she is doing the, like, combat teleport that we normally see monsters do. Where, like, the rangers were, like, you go to try to hit the monster, and the monster just teleports to the other side of the screen. We see Surahime doing that now, and then she, like, uh, is uh, almost gets hit with an attack, like, teleports away, and then drops her own, like, crazy ninja magic attack on her Kunoichi Gumi. What was really funny is that when the Kunoichi Gumi does that attack on her, that almost gets her, it is, like, this sort of, like, flower petal explosion attack that she does. But then Tsurukime, if you recall, also has a flower petal explosion attack, but hers is apparently way better. So it's just like them fighting and Tsurukime just schooling her at her own thing. It was great. Yeah, it's it, it's a really, really cool fight, especially be, like when you set in what is about to happen. Because the last time that we saw the Rangers fight the Kunoichigumi, it was like, well, the very first time they fight the Kunoichigumi, they just lose. Like, they are not a match for the Kunoichigumi. And then the last time that we saw them fight, it was it was a little more back and forth, and the Rangers did eventually kind of come out on top. But, you know, like, it didn't go super well. But, like, they did eventually win. Yeah, so this fight... You see them, like, they're all fired up, and, like, they're using all the tools at their disposal, and they're just... They have gotten to the point where now, like, they are leveled up to the point that this is not a tough fight for them. And it's awesome. Yeah, they just romper stomp the Kunoichi Gumi. Like, it's not a fight. And so it's really cool, because, like, we've had the Kunoichi Gumi, and they are now kind of a benchmark, at least for us, as to how good the Rangers have gotten. That So what the, so the Kunoichi Gumi goes down. Like, they are wrecked. Young Noble Jr. is impressed. He shows up and he's just like, wow, I did not expect that to go that well for you guys. But still game over. So he skips the preliminary event and just immediately goes to giantism. And he says, I know we tell jokes about this. Like our theory is that go to hell just means like I'm going to kill you now. Right. It's like how in American cartoons they can't say I'm going to kill you. So they say I'm going to destroy you. Like, yeah, that is what exactly. I'm sure it's the same the thing. Inside of like Japanese standards and practices, is just tell them to like, go straight to hell. But like for but us, young it Noble Junior, really funny. <laughs> it's, it's like, why don't you go ahead and go to hell? It's really funny. So the Rangers go to summon the Jusho fighters, and they summon the Jusho fighters. Young Noble Junior is just like, I don't know why you think that's gonna work. It's, there's this great he moment does... where he like. They're summoned, and he calls them fools for, like, even bothering. And then he just sort of, like, waves them off. Like, no, no, no. Yeah! Like, you just get out of here. 
Like, I'm not, no, we're not fighting. This is, no, no, no. But the Rangers are like, no, we're fighting. And so this is sick. He points, so like Young Noble Jr. also has a sword. So like he points his sword up and he like calls on Daimau to energize the sword. And then it like lightning hits the sword and it starts glowing pink. And then he drops like a, a finishing energy sword move on the Rangers. It's awesome. And the Rangers realize, like, like okay, we we need Muteki Shogun. We can't beat him with the Jusho fighters. And so they start the sequence of summoning Muteki Shogun. As they are about to do it, Young Noble Jr. like looks over and he's like, huh, not so fast. And he just blasts them with energy and like interrupts their summoning spell. Which I always love when it happens in one of the Sentai shows because it's easy to forget that like those things actually are sequences that take time and effort for them to do because it's just like, Oh, like we're going into like a separate animation and then into a different piece of the fight. Like, no, no, no. They actually have to like say the thing and make the motions to summon Muteki Shogun. And if you're fast enough and know that it's coming and you can stop them, then like you can get the drop on them. And that's what he does here. Yeah. And it's so, and he does. So he like blasts them. The Jusho fighters disappear. They hit the ground. They're unhanged. And it's like, it was such a fantastic piece of storytelling because like they fight the Kunoichi Gumi, which sort of gives us this idea as to like just how good the Rangers have gotten. And then they go to fight Young Noble Jr. and just still get wrecked. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a very deftly done and like sort of surprisingly so for this show. Yeah, 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 I think so. Although, you know, I, I'm thinking that is less true than maybe we thought that it was. I, I think I'm having, we're having to back up, of course, and give Cocker Ranger more credit. So, uh, Young Noble Jr. is still giant because he didn't get beaten. Right. And he just like, well, uh, see you jerks later, I guess. And so he just teleports away. He like turns into that like flash of black energy and like, Teleports back to the skull scraper, which is what I'm calling it. Nice, and I like that. I like the, that a lot. Thank you. And so Sasuke just is like, "Is this really all we got? Like, is this it?" And so they they remember the kids, and they're very sad. They're very sad that they were not able to save those sad rock children. Yes. And Young Noble Junior like leans. He's up in the skull scraper, and he sort of like looks out, and he says. Let me show you something interesting. And he walks over and he starts just like jamming on flat pieces of plastic, which I think are supposed to be an organ of some sort because organ music starts playing. Well, okay. They are flat pieces of plastic, but they also have a bunch of neon lights attached to them. And I just want you to remember that if you're trying to like put together a visual image of this. Oh yeah. The whole thing is like super weird and glowy. And then there's also skulls and some candles. So he starts in this scene that I noticed for the first time that um, Young Noble Jr.'s like helmet when he's in his yokai form also has like a skull face on the back of it, sort of. Does it? I have missed that. And that's amazing. Oh, yeah. it's He's got like straight up like Voldemort head back there. So, so he's like, let me show you something interesting. And he starts playing on this organ. And then like a laser shoots out of the eyes of the skull scraper and shoots like a giant circle around itself. And then he just like straight up gravitons, like a half mile radius, like flying fortress up out of the city. 
Yeah, so now there is a flying island above the city with like a bunch of buildings on it. And in the middle of it is the skull scraper, which, if you remember, still has the seal door attached to the front of it. Yeah. And so he... Matt, I really expected you to jump on that graviton. That graviton knob. Master of the fundamental force. You love that guy. Listen, you know I I, I do love graviton. I'm just trying to not get distracted because there is so much (laughs) happening right now. There's so much to talk about. But yes, I I do genuinely love graviton. And so he, Young Noble Jr., calls down and he says, So this space, my zone that I've just created for myself right here, is called... Simabanda and it is now like inviolate like y'all can't get up here this is young noble jr's like skull zone and he keeps playing and then everybody on skull island also turns to stone yeah so like all all humans that are on like Simabanda skull floating floating skull island is now a statue you guys and then the rangers young pass noble out. jr might be my like listen eventually like i had mentioned earlier at the end of this episode we gotta put some like you know we gotta put the cocker ranger stuff on the list and i don't know if young noble jr is going to be at the top of our villain list but he's gonna be close dude he might i don't know we'll see i want to see the rest of this this season so the rangers pass out they're like they are at the end of their rope you know like they're out of hp they're exhausted you know, like prone, exhausted. They've used all their abilities. Like this is it. Right. People are turning so, into stone around, not like around them, but at the same time that this is happening. But then Super Samara comes like flying out of, you know, the sky. It looks like it's flying out of the sun because that's what the, like the the scene they have for it looks like. Because it's rad. In and then like flies towards the wind illusion castle, right? And I, which just sort of like appears, and then, mm-hmm. is, yeah. This, this, what happens right here is a little hazy. I think that maybe what was supposed to have happened is that Suba Samara like comes in, picks up the Rangers, and carries them to the Wind Illusion Castle because when they yeah, awaken, he, like, that's where they are. Yeah, they like he does something. It's not like, super clear exactly what it is, but the Rangers sort of like ugh, ugh, they wake up. And there, it's all like misty and dark around them. And Sandayu is there. And he says, okay, well, you guys are okay for now. You're now, as Matt said, you're in the Wind Illusion Castle. And the Rangers are like, what now? What do you mean we're in the Wind Illusion Castle? He's just like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, you are in the Wind Illusion Castle. So he looks, they all stand up, and they look up. And there's these three giant statues yeah, one of them is Moteki Shogun. The second one is Subasamana. And then the third one, he says, oh, yeah, like this is... I'm sorry, he doesn't say that. Taku- well, no, no, no. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets there. I'm, I'm getting the, ahead it, of myself The statue's here. name sorry. is... It's, it's Kakure Dai Shogun. But he says, oh, yeah, these three are the god generals that reign over the world. Yes. And the Rangers yes, have the exact they have the exact reaction that we had, which was what now? There are three god generals that reign over the world. And so yeah, so it's Mateki Shogun, Subasaburu, and Kakure Dai Shogun. And when they, he says Kakure and, Dai Shogun, they're like, Who is Kakure Dai Shogun? 
Sunday you does not explain. Well, he okay. But he, clearly, he goes all he's about the to way semi-explain. So here is so now we get kind of the full story on like what is going on. So here it is. Thousands and thousands of years ago. I think he says like 2000 years ago, but it seems like it should be more. So Yeah, he does say 2000, th- but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's so like many thousands ago of years ago that it's like, you know, back in like mythology times. Just yeah, a heck of a long time ago. And so he says, here's the deal. Back when it was basically just like humans versus yokais constantly. Like it was just fights, like fighting all the time. There was Daimou who like led the yokai and the humans were led by the three sages. And then we cut to like paintings on scrolls of fights between like the three sages and the yokai. Yeah. And he says the sages eventually figured out like a super secret ninpo to like bury the yokai deep within the earth. And the three and like once they were buried, the three sages became somehow the three god generals. So the three god generals are like the transformed spirits of the original three sages that have turned into like giant murder bots. Yes. And so and when he says this, the rangers are like, oh, this is why last episode you told us that Muteki Shogun was like a living thing. And Sandayu says, ah, yes. When you use your like hidden ninpo style to summon him, you are awakening him from his heavenly slumber. Yeah, so Muteki Shogun, like, does, goes into the Odin sleep when he just, like, chills out. And every, and he says, like, listen, the yokai have surfaced before, and the three god generals always, like, come back to help, to, like, put the yokai back down. Right, so when this happened, that's like, 400 like, years ago, going on? as we saw in the flashbacks in the first episode of this show, like, that was one instance of this happening. And your ancestors were able to, like, you know, use the power of the three god generals to save Earth from the yokai. Right. So, he's like, in order to, like, really do this thing and, like, really fully control, like, the power of the three god generals, you have to master... I I forgot... What is it, Matt? They have to master the... The hidden style ninpo. Yeah, like, hidden-style Ninpo. And he, they're like, we've already learned hidden-style Ninpo? And Sanhyuk gets, like, really mad. He's like, nonsense! You you bastard nothing! You don't know anything about right. it! Right. Hidden-style Ninpo has three components. It is uh, heart, heart, technique, technique, and body. And so the... And each and each of, part, yeah, each of the three god generals, like, symbolize a part of that sort of, like you know, triad of power. And he says, like, okay, so he's like, you have to go and find the hidden scrolls. Like, you have to go get them, and once you get them, then you can master the hidden hidden essence ninpo or something. Yes, hidden essence and ninpo. Then, that was like, it. Or, no, they, they, they hidden, just, yeah. and then to master the essence of hidden style ninpo. That's what it was. That's right. Master the essence of hidden style ninpo. And then he's like, he like just throws his arms up and there's like an explosion. 
And they're like, okay, well, where do we go get them? And Zandayu's like, I don't know. We don't know where they are. They're scattered. Uh, but no pressure. You do only have a month to find them. And if you fail, all humanity dies. Right. Because Sasuke's like, well, if you don't know where we're looking, like, how are we supposed to do this? And Sandy's like, well, if you don't, then all of those people who got turned into stone will die and the yokais will probably crush the earth. So can you live with that, buddy? Like, come on, go find a scroll. And so he does have, he's like, he's got a map, but it's like super duper old. So like, who knows? And he's like, this should help like guide you, even if it doesn't tell you exactly where they are right and you will need to split up and each one of you is going to have to go on like a separate journey that will be a great trial for you to find these scrolls to be able to come back together can i remind you that this is episode 24 of this show and this is the first time we're hearing of this stuff it's yeah. Like, uh, it's just something just like we didn't even have Super Samurai. Like we were lucky that we got like the you know the the fighter robots. Like and now we are getting like the three two thousand year old god generals. Uh, <laughs> so Super Samurai is just like or sorry, Sunday was just says, okay, uh, go get them, and he just like teleports them all away. <laughs> And so they all they all land on a beach and they shift immediately from like confused to like trying to figure out what their next steps are. Seikai yeah. is not okay with the idea of them splitting up. Yeah, he's like we sh- we shouldn't have to do this. Like we're stronger together. We're like best friends. I love you guys. Like we're so close knit at this point. We shouldn't have to split up. Like why can't we just go get them all together? And I think it's Sasuke. He says, listen, uh, I also love that idea. And I don't like the idea of splitting up. But there's just not time. Like, we've yeah. only got a month. And we can't risk, like, not trying to do this as quickly as we possibly can. And so, like, we just we just have to split up. Like, there's no other real way around so it. So here's, here's a cool thing that happens in this scene. Sekai and Sasuke have that exchange, right? And then Saizo and um, Jiraiya each also have an exchange with Sasuke, asking, like, Sasuke, are you okay with this? Like, they're trying to get his approval, like, you know, ultimately because, like, he is the Red Ranger and he's the leader. But Sasuke doesn't really respond to them. They all go quiet, and then it cuts over to Surahime. Surahime remembers the kids who got turned into stone. She turns back and says to Sasuke... I'm going. Like, I'm going to go find my scroll. We're the only people who can do it. And, like, that's just how it's got to go. And then after she says that to Sasuke, Sasuke says to the other three, that's what we're doing. Like, he, like, waited on her reply and then backed her up and said, like, yes, this is absolutely what we're doing. Sunohime is right. And it was awesome. Dude, it's such a rad moment. And I love that Sasuke, like, totally has, like, grown into the, like, maybe combat leader of the the Kaku Rangers, but that it is 100% Surihime, who is, like, the heart of this team, who is, like, that's the person that everybody is really looking to, to say, like, what do we do? Where are we going? Uh, man, it's just, like, it was it's really, good. really solid. It was, a good, it was a good moment. So then there's like a hands in team moment, like, you know, like we see it from beneath and we have like everybody puts a hand in and then we get 
a full-on, like, music video memory montage from, like, the beginning of the show up to now. And what's great is that each one of them is remembering... What, what it actually is, is it's a clip... There are clips drawn from usually the end of an episode that is, like, a character-specific episode. So, like, the thing that Saizo remembers is the end of, like, the fourth or fifth episode where he was, like, stuck in the maze, right? And it's all stuff like that, like, drawn from those episodes. But what's very cool about it is that all of the episodes that they've picked are the episodes from early enough in the show that they're still wearing the original clothing that they started the show with. And so yeah. it gives you, like, a real visual breakup in between, like, the people who you're seeing standing on the beach right now and the people who are, like, in those memories. It does a good job of, you know, like because it's only been 24 episodes. It's not a super long time. But that visual demarcation does a great job of sort of separating those two periods in their life. So while they're remembering this, again, uh, this is a music video. And so here are the lyrics to the song that are being oh, sung. Thank you for writing this down, Dave. In my notes, it just has the phrase sad but determined music. Here we, here we go. You're not wrong. Wind, I beg you not to sing that song. It brings up memories of my home that is now so far away. I swore on that day that victory would be my only cause. This is a journey I must undertake. I know that in my heart. My eyes are focused on tomorrow, now and forever. There is no time for my tears. My body is covered with scars, but there is no time for pain. What? Guys, that's hard, man. That is hard. That's rad. Get out. Um, Okay, so when they cut back from this uh, flashback montage, the sun is now setting. So they have been standing there for a while. Yeah, so they've been standing there. Oh, wait. Matt, 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 Matt. Sorry, there was something I totally forgot to talk about. Um, So before this, before the music video... Did you know when they're standing around like emoting super hard and remembering, do you notice the background music that's being played? Uh, I don't have it in my notes here. What was it? Okay. It is like a slowed down, sad version of the opening theme song, which is like, so the opening theme song is like, it's this really peppy, like, Kaku Ninja Ninja Ninja. Do, 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 do. And then, but, right, it's the same song, but it's like way, way slower, and they're playing <laughs> it on like violins. So, jump forward, setting sun, and then while this is happening, it's the same thing, but it's now being done on. It, it's supposed to be an electric guitar. It's very clearly like somebody using the electric guitar mode on a synthesizer. But it's just a different version of the same opening theme song. I do love how often they'll use, like, the theme song as a song in the show. It's it's very good. So as the, they're all uh, standing there, side by side, staring into the setting sun, like, having, like, each having a moment where they, like, look at the camera and think something. Um, and, and most of them are all like, oh, well, we've got to go do this. This is going to be, like, a great trial. Like, you know, we're going to find our warrior souls or whatever. The one that I really did like was Seikai. Because when Seikai has his moment, 
what he thinks is, I'm not very confident, but I'll do my best. Yeah, that was cool, man. It's just like, you know, he has, Seikai has had a day, right? And like, he, but like, he still does not feel super confident about it. And that is maybe every once in a while. Okay. Every once in a while, I feel like Seikai and Jiraiya and Saizo are kind of interchangeable. A little bit. And so yeah. whenever they give us a moment like that, where like one of them has a real character moment, it's not a big moment. It's just like a quick beat. But it was really good. This episode has a lot yeah. of really good moments. We're very excited about it. I don't yeah. know if you can tell. <laughs> um, so then they they sort of separate. It's a great shot. They're like in front of the setting sun and they each sort of start to peel off. And kind of go their separate ways. And then we get a shot of each individual ranger sort of walking into the camera with the sun behind them. And then that's the end of the episode. And it's the end of part one of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Yeah. And we find out from the narrator who hops in here that part two is Youth Fierce Battle Saga is the name of part two. Which sounds amazing. So... Which sounds amazing. So, dude, I have... I mean, okay, I have an idea as to what's coming. But I'm now... I'm stoked, man. Like, I really want to see... Like, I want to see the three god generals combine. I want to know what's up with Kakuri Daishigen. Like, I just... I'm primed. I'm primed for excitement, Matt, is what I'm saying. Okay, so... Since there's no new monster to talk about for the, uh, the Creature Royale this week... Do we have? Do we want to take a moment to like have any final thoughts on this episode or where we are kind of now at the midpoint of the season? Well, you know, man, I do, but I feel like anything I said, I'm kind of just going to be repeating myself. Like the show is ramped up; it's super cool. We're we're getting now into like cool characterization, and there's like this giant mythology and like cool robots. And Young Noble Junior is a super rad villain. And they've got, like, a quest, and things are, like, serious now, and, you know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this, like, Kaka Ranger is now giving me everything that I wanted in those first few episodes. And I think, honestly, like, it was always, obviously, you know, like, the, they aren't making these episodes new. Like, th- this stuff was already here, and they had planned the whole season to begin with. So, I think that the issue, my my original problem with Cocker Ranger was more on sort of the original pacing than the actual stuff that's in the show. And now that that pacing is in place and like all the parts are all, you know, now we're cooking with gas, as they say. I tell you what I actually, this is something I just thought about is that now I am really excited to when we finish this up to go and watch the Gokaiger episode. Oh, for, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. For Cocker Ranger. Yeah. I'm super psyched to see it now. Like, I really want to know what's up. Also, I'm psyched that the the third god general is called uh, Kakure Daishogun, because now there is a reason for them to be called the Kaku Rangers. Oh, I did not put that together, but Which yeah, that makes a ton of sense. probably was already, and maybe even someone explained it to me <laughs> in the beginning of the season, but like, now I can point to a thing like, they're the Kaku Rangers, that guy is Kakure. Like, everything is cool now. I don't have to worry about this anymore. Um, well, I tell you, Matt, uh, we don't have a ranger or a ranger, a monster to put on the list. So I think that's it. Yep, that is going to do it for, for this episode. For another episode of A View to a Cocker Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show 
at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at SuperSentaiBros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, if you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your uh, podcast platform of choice, that is what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find all the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, go to RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the, the greatest, greatest show, show on Earth. Earth.